Hello and welcome back to Deconstructing the Bible. My name is Jason Stephen Hagen. I'm the Associate Minister at The Well, United Methodist Church in Rosemont, Minnesota. And this is our final episode of Season 2 of Deconstructing the Bible, where we've been focused on the parables of Jesus. And so I'm going to wrap us up with a parable uh, that comes from the book of Luke, chapter 18, and it's about the persistent widow. So before we dive into the parable of persistent widow, we are nearing Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving week, and it's got me reflecting on the state of our world. Uh, We're in the midst of the pandemic. We're in the midst of verdicts coming out, trials being done um, around Kyle Rittenhouse, um, the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. There's just many situations in our world where we can look around and see political infighting and we can see the polarization of our country. We are not done with so many of the hard things that we've been going through. You know, the pandemic has been politicized kind of more than we could probably ever have imagined. I mean, we're going through a worldwide tragedy, a worldwide epidemic, a pandemic where people are still dying and still being hospitalized and hospitals are still filling up and we're almost two years into this and yet we are still arguing over the best solutions for this. We are still battling this with you know, stories and articles, some of which are based on reality and some of which aren't. And we can't even agree upon sources. We can't even agree upon news. We can't agree upon science. You know, we can't agree upon the value of a human life. And we can't agree upon what it means to love our neighbor and to protect those around us. We look at the situations with people being, you know, killed for the color of their skin and it's unconscionable to me how this continues. It's unthinkable how we keep going on and on with this. And yet, because it happens so frequently, because it's so prevalent, it almost turns into background noise, which is the scariest thing of all when the pain and the hardship of our life, because it's so prevalent, And because our privilege potentially protects us from it, it just becomes the background. It just becomes the thing that we constantly are surrounded by and then can easily turn off or shut away. I think that this year in particular has not been one of simply fear like 2020 was, but 2021 has been a year where it's been easy to get cynical. It's been easy to look at what's going on around us and to kind of lose a little hope in humanity to kind of decide that, you know, if this is the way it's going to be, then I don't love it. And I just might need to get the most out of it that I can and, you know, forget the rest. And so cynicism is right there for the taking. And it kind of makes sense when you look at the world. Why would, why wouldn't people get cynical about everything they're seeing because it doesn't seem like a lot of people are moving towards the collective good of their neighbor and of one another. And that's where I think this parable is really important for us today because we are on the verge 
and some would even say that we've taken the plunge into just an unabashed cynicism and we are hypocritical, judgmental, and it is ruining the fabric of our humanity and the way that we treat one another. And so this Thanksgiving, it's more important than ever to potentially actually lean into the practice of being thankful, to actually look upon things with gratitude and to do that towards even the hard things, to find space for gratitude. I mean, the pandemic started out and that was the big push to turn towards gratitude. And I think because it's gone on for so long, it's kind of worn off on most of us. And so finding space to show some gratitude, to be thankful is almost more and more difficult, even though you would think we have built up more and more of a tolerance for this, but maybe that's the problem. We've built up such a tolerance that instead of continuing gratitude, it's now easier to fall into cynicism. And so this parable, I think, as I said, is kind of more prescient than ever because what we see in this parable is persistence, perseverance. And what we see in this parable, even though it's maybe not explicitly said in this word, but what we see is hope. So I want to read to you this parable of the persistent widow and then talk about it for a second. So this comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. This is what Jesus said. There was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people. So if this judge doesn't fear God or care about people, especially in a first century Jewish context, then this guy is not going to care about his neighbor one bit. Verse 3, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, which was to be expected, right? He doesn't like God, doesn't fear God, doesn't care about people. So why would he care about a widow who's at the lowest rung of the social ladder? This widow would have been seen as basically an outcast in the society, would have had no social standing whatsoever. So the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me up a wall. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. She's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to God's chosen people who cry out to God day and night? Will God keep putting them off? I tell you, God will grant them justice quickly. And then here's the last part. But when the Son of Man, the name that Jesus used for himself, so when the Son of Man or the human one, when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many will he find on the earth who have faith? Another way of translating that could be, how many will the Son of Man, how many will Jesus find on the earth who have persisted? And I think that's what we need today more than ever, is we need persistence. Not just persistence that things will get better, not just persistence that we'll get healthy, not just persistence that justice will be done and we'll live in a more equitable society. Yes, 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 and yes. But persistence that in the midst of it, we can be kind 
that in the midst of it, we can find times of gratitude and thankfulness, that in the midst of it, we can practice self-control, that in the midst of it, we can be peacemakers, that in the midst of it, we can be humble. I think that's one of the hardest things right now is to be persistent in remaining a person who lives by the fruit of the Spirit when everything around us screams, screams to just be cynical, to just find an enemy, point the finger, be a jerk, because that's what the world is kind of devolving into. And so the lesson from the persistent widow is that we need to be persistent in hope. We need to be persistent in hope. At the end of the book of Romans, Paul is kind of capping off what he's saying to this church that is kind of just up and running in Rome and it's full, filled with tension. And he kind of caps it by saying this to the people. And this comes from chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in God. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in God. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Filling us with complete, filling us completely with joy and peace because our trust, our faith is in what God is up to. Do we really believe that what God is up to is going to happen? Do we really believe that we are on an arc towards justice? Do we really believe that we are bringing a little bit of heaven to earth, that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Do we really believe this anymore? Or have we seen so much pain, so much atrocity, so much hardship, so much division, so much polarization that we've given up hope? Have we given up in the plan of God? Have we given up on the ark of God towards justice and love? Have we given up on that? Or are we willing to remain faithful, to remain a person of faith so that God will completely fill us with joy and peace, even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of pain, so that we will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit? Spirit, because here's the reality of the situation. I have a really hard time with this parable that I just got done reading. Why is it taking so long for this widow to have justice? Where's the system that fights for her? Where's the system that actually comes alongside someone in need and says, What's being done to you is wrong? And no matter what some judge says, we're going to get you justice. We're going to right the wrongs that are going on around you. We need to fix this. Why is this woman having to be so dang persistent? Why is it all on her and her persistence in order to see things change? Why isn't God in the second part of this parable? Why isn't God saying it's going to happen immediately? Why is it saying quickly? Sure, quickly sounds like it might be fast, but tell that to the Israelites who were in bondage for 400 years. Tell that to the two generations that were in exile in Babylon. Tell that to people of color in our country who are still feeling the marginalization from the majority culture. Tell that to the countless other situations and stories around our globe where marginalization and oppression are happening and justice isn't happening in this 
moment. This is frustrating. Doesn't always make sense. And I don't quite understand how to unpack this parable without a little bit of frustration, without a little bit of, okay, this sounds nice, but why is it this way? And I don't have a perfect way of resolving this. The only way that I can possibly even approach it is that there's a human element to this. There's a human element to this, that God isn't just going to sweep in and fix it all, isn't going to just swoop in and force minds and hearts to be in line with what God wants, that God gives humanity the ability to shape the world that it lives in, that there's a human element to all of this, that there actually is an unjust judge that gets to control the power structures and systems at that time. And though the persistence of this widow may change that judge's mind, it didn't exactly change his heart. I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me up a wall. I'm going to see that she gets justice. Well, it's not exactly out of the goodness of this judge's heart. Now, we're glad that this woman's going to get justice. Of course, we want that. But what about the system? Where is that changing? And what does this mean about God? Like, what does this mean that God wants to give justice, but it's going to happen quickly, but maybe not right away? And what does it mean for us to remain hopeful, to maintain faith? What does that mean? I struggle with this. I think part of what it means is that there's only so much we can control. There's only so much we can do. If there really is a human element at play here, then it's going to take persistent people. It's going to take people who still have hope. It's going to take people who still operate with joy and peace because there's no way you're going to fight your way into changing hearts and minds. Love is the only thing that changes hearts and minds. Persistence of love. And so I trust that God is up to something. I also trust that God knows that there's a human element to this and that it's going to take effort and time. And so I will trust and I will have faith that this is all headed somewhere. And I can be a little frustrated by that. It can be really hard. And I think I'm just going to have to sit in the tension for a little bit. I'll turn on the news and it's going to frustrate me. And then instead of making me cynical and judgmental, which it oftentimes does, I'm going to try to choose hope. I'm going to try to choose gratitude. I'm going to try to choose joy. I'm going to try to choose peace. I'm going to try to choose faith and trust that God is up to something and that if God is really up to something, and if we are participating in what God is up to, that this will lead to an overflow of God's spirit of love and peace and joy, not just for me, but also for everyone that I would consider an enemy. That's a hard reality, and it's a frustrating one. But maybe that's the message. This is going to be hard, but we can do it. God is up to something, and we get to participate. Choose joy, choose gratitude, choose hope, and trust that God is at work. Thank you for joining me for this season of Deconstructing the Bible. We will be back in about a week or so with a short season on Advent. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and be ready for a new Advent season coming out shortly. Thanks for joining us on Deconstructing the Bible. Thank you.